Hey everyone, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast where your dreams and goals become a reality by me interviewing amazing guests who are making their dreams a reality. Today I have an awesome guest and his name is Eerie. Um, Eerie, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How is your day going so far? It's going great. Today's Mother's Day, so I'm very thankful for my mother took a moment to you know speak with her today and just reflect on how much of an influence she was in my life and how grateful and you know lucky I am um so like the first question I asked is like to get to know the guests a little bit more and as Gary says like he asked the guests to tell their comic book story so how about you what is your comic book story like just describe like your childhood and how that led you to be like the person you are today. Sure. So I grew up in a different country. I actually was born and raised in the Soviet Union. So um, now it's Russia, obviously, but I spent nearly 18 years of my life there. And um, kind of goes without saying, created a lot of influences in my life, you know, in the childhood and always been active growing up. You know, played a lot of sports uh, coming from the athletic background. So I started like, I think around when I was six or seven, I started to learn how to swim. So sw- swimming was one of my first things that I learned in terms of sports. Then play soccer uh, for a number of years. And then transition into basketball in my teenage years in high school. And then at one point I just started working out on my own, you know, just doing some body weight exercises at home. And all of these kind of like combination of experiences really set the foundation for me in in my fitness journey, you know? Um, obviously I was very, very attracted or grown rather to sport and athletic activity, but I also was kind of paving my own way and learning how to exercise on my own. So that really helped me to kind of establish this passion for fitness in the early age. Interesting. So kind of describe like the differences, um, like how life is different, like the Soviet Union um, versus here, because you said that that kind of influenced you to be the person you are today. So kind of go into like what was life back in the Soviet Union and how that kind of influenced you today. Sure. So how is it different? I think just about everything is different. I think culturally speaking is very different um, because growing up, I've always been together with my friends. But when I say together, I mean like all the time. You know, I probably spend like two thirds of my day with my friends, you know, in Russia. And so I think one of the biggest differences is kind of this collectivism approach versus um, individualism approach. So. I see more where in US, it's more about individuals, more about, you know, we kind of praise, um, you know, someone who's successful, right? Like movie stars or entrepreneurs or someone who achieved something very significant, right? To where at the time, growing up in the Soviet Union, it was more about like a group. It was more of a collective approach, right? It's about like hanging out with your friends and being with your friends. So to me, that that's kind of, one of the biggest differences that I can um, see in my head. And so obviously the influences were my family. Um, My grandmother was a huge influence on me. My mom was a huge influence on me, my friends. Um, 
and I think it's kind of like you know a school of hard knocks you you learn as you go and uh, some of the things you come across are not good things growing up and you just trying to you know navigate your way through it um, you know so I'm very fortunate man I'm definitely very fortunate because with all of the with all of the things that I've experienced growing up some of them being good things and some of them being bad things I think it all worked out for better so interesting that's awesome how did you first fall in love with sports you have like a moment or something like how you first found sports so like what was the first sport you played that got you hooked and made you into like this great sports like sports enthusiast you are today yeah no that's that's a great question so I don't think there was a moment you know honestly as long as I can remember myself I have I've been active and I think one of the first things that I started doing as a kid is play soccer so soccer is a very popular sport in Russia and if you can imagine it's just a yard sport so when I say yard if you can imagine rectangular apartment complex building about seven eight stories high but so if you can imagine this shape of, of, of a rectangle and then inside that rectangle you have a pretty large size yard yard where you have um, like a, a space and a little soccer field and a playground and parking and so on and so forth so growing up I was spending a lot of time in that yard with my friend um, or a playground space and so I would just go in there every day and play soccer you know for hours and hours and so what's really drew me into that is the fact that for one thing it was a social activity so I was able to meet a lot of people doing that and spend time with with my friends number two it was it was way to stay active so every time I played soccer obviously I felt like I had a great workout and then of course it was also way to kind of self-express as well you know so not only you were like staying in shape and spending time with your friends but you also able to um, to kind of showcase your talents and and build yourself up and, and feel good in the process so to me it was an empowering activity you know it was like a total package for me because every time I would play soccer I feel fulfilled for lack of the better word and I felt like that was the right thing to do at the time you know it made me feel joyful interesting so when you first came to the u.s what was that thing holding like for you like how did you like what was your first impressions of the u.s kind of describe like that story like what you thought and how you came to the u.s yeah yeah so you know i give a little bit of a background on that too in the 90s when I was growing up, I watched a lot of basketball. When, when I started making that shift and play a lot of basketball in high school, I was watching Michael Jordan play basketball. And Michael Jordan became my idol. Like, I just loved everything about him. I loved his work ethic. I loved his approach. I loved the way he spoke, he communicated, the way he treated people. Like, he was just, a, you know, an incredible all-around individual. And so I watched a lot of his games and that contributed to my desire to move to America. You know, it's like it became a dream to come to US. So when I 
uh, watch his games and some of the movies, Hollywood movies that came out in the 90s, I started forming that impression, you know, like a certain impression of how things are in America. And when I came to US, I find out that it's not necessarily the case, you know, like things actually different in real life. And so one of the first things that I noticed that was very interesting to me, how just almost free or comfortable people were. Like one of the examples is when I was at the airport, when I got off the plane and someone, um, like one of the airport workers was actually singing. You know, he was singing a song, uh, a guy in immigration services. And I was like, I was looking at him and couldn't believe it. Why is he singing right now? Like, I never seen that before. Like people in my country at the airport, they don't sing, you know? And so I just could not believe that. I kept looking uh, with wide eyes, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. And so that was a big difference. The difference is how people, I think, approach life and how self-confident and comfortable they are um, in that they, you know, just kind of free, I guess. Um, obviously, like, the, the culture is different, you know? Like, the mindset was different. Um, some of the cultural preferences, like, uh, people, unless you know someone in Russia and you're friends with, you don't just smile at people. Here, it's, it's more socially access, access, acceptable to smile at people, even if you don't know them, you know? And so that was a big change. And, you know, it was just, it's a different mindset altogether. Something that took time for me to get used to um, this different mindset and cultural approaches. Interesting. So kind of describe like how, like what made you come to the U.S. and kind of describe like story, like how you made the move from like Russia to the U.S. So like, what was the process like for you? I need to come by yourself or like with your parents. So like, how did you come up? Like, cause you said like you, you, you worked hard to come to the U.S. So like, what kind of things did you do to kind of come here? And why did you decide to come? Why did you decide to move from like Russia to like the U.S.? So kind of describe like that story if you could. Sure. So some of that is, was uh, um, more or less had to do with um, my prior knowledge of U.S., I would say, you know, it, some of that also, let me, let me reframe my thoughts because a lot of movies and a lot of um, things that I was watching on TV at the time contributed to that. So I'll give you an example. Um, there were a lot of like incredible movies came out in the 90s that really showcase like American life like Police Academy for example uh, was one of them you know movies with Eddie Murphy uh, movies with uh, Sylvester Stallone with Arnold Schwarzenegger so there was like so many different movies when I was watching I could not help myself but kept wondering how amazing would it be to live in America you know uh, and, you know, being a basketball fan also contributed to that as well, because I continued to watch basketball games and, you know, I started feeling, oh my gosh, what, what if I actually could play like basketball in America? You know, I had a dream at one time, like playing in NBA, you know? So all this like combination of those things made me really want to come to America even more 
And so how it all happened, um, my aunt actually and my uncle, they moved to America before we did. My aunt um, uh, is a gymnastic coach and she got offered a job in America. And so they moved to US first and then my mom had a chance to visit my aunt and my uncle. And um, my mom also really liked it in US. And then we decided to move there. And around the same time, like last time my mom went, um, she also met my um, now stepfather, but she met a, a man there. And then my mom, when we moved finally, she, my mom ended up getting married as well. So it was kind of like a combination of things, you know, that contributed to that move. Okay, so I know you, I say that you have a podcast and you talk about like your, um, like your humble beginnings and um, uh, your, like your, your immigration to the U.S. So if you could kind of share some stories that you said in your podcast over here so my audience can get to know you just a little bit more. Yeah, I think in my podcast, I was actually talking about more or less very similar things that I just mentioned, you know, as far as how um, how I moved to U.S., as far as, you know, humble beginnings, um, just growing up in a single parent, uh, single parent household, you know, uh, my parents got divorced when I was one. So I lived with my mom and my grandmother and um Basically, I was sharing with my audience through my podcast that, you know, my grandmother became like a father to me, you know, and she um, she was everything. She was a teacher. She was a friend. She was a supporter. Um, she was a motivator. She was a doctor. I mean, she took on so many different roles, you know, and at that time, mom was a provider. Mom was working, you know, extremely hard to be able to put food on the table and um, provide the roof over our heads. So it was just incredible because, you know, growing up with two women and, um, you know, drawing an incredible strength, like learning from my grandmother and from my mother. And they've been such incredible role models. Uh, my grandmother, for example, you know, she went through World War II and, uh, you know, didn't have an easy life, had two children and raised them on her her own as well and uh, never heard her complain once in my life you know so like somebody with extremely extremely strong spirit you know spirit that was never broken no matter how tough life gotten you know and uh, my mama's are sim you know my, my mom is similar in that regard too like always worked hard always trying to find solutions looking for ways to improve um, looking for ways to solve problems, not complaining, always supporting me. So, I mean, you know, even though we we were never rich, we were never like had everything figured out, but just being raised in such an incredible supportive environment with, in, with extremely strong women who gave me an incredible foundation for my future, man. So it cannot be overstated and I just, I mean, you know, today is Mother's Day, and so like that just makes me kind of reflect on it and feel incredibly grateful for, you know, my parents. That's awesome. So, um, kind of describe like you don't have to say like maybe a story, but kind of some lessons that you learned from your grandmother and and also your mom. So, kind of what were those lessons you learned from the both of them? For sure, for sure. So. You know, as far as lessons from my grandmother, there were there were so many. You know, my grandmother would spend time with me, uh, 
all the time just just to teach me things you know she would she would take time to just take time to do my schoolwork with me you know she would she would sit with me and she would like explain things to me uh, and she would teach me essentially you know she that's why I was saying she became a teacher and she would she would show me how to write in cursive and then I would write in cursive you know while she would like kind of like look look at it and you know being there and like providing a feedback like if, whether I was doing a good job or what I could could have done better you know so like she um she would tell me she had so much wisdom you know she would tell me things like never get in a fight you know that was one of the biggest lessons she would only always tell me like don't ever fight because there are no winner in a fight there's only two losers in the fight you know uh, and I could never understand that before. I was like, why is it not, why there is no winner in the fight, you know? And then with time, I was like, okay, I think I, I think I get it now. Because even if you can physically beat somebody in a fight, the other person will end up having grudge towards someone. So like, even though you may be a winner in terms of a physical bout, you may be a loser in terms of someone hating you, you know? Mm -hmm. So she would, she would teach, she would teach me that like, don't, don't try to prove your strength in the fight. Try to prove your strength somewhere, some other ways. Um, even later, when I moved to US, man, she would wrote me letters. I still have them to this day. And in in her letters, she would say like, you know, prove your prove your worth by actions, not by words. You know. And I also, when I was younger, I didn't quite understand that. Like, what does it mean? You know. But. Like when I've read it again and again, it's like, now it makes completely different sense to me, you know, because like talking for the sake of talking without doing, it's a waste of time and waste of breath. And doing is much more difficult, right? But when you do something and people see it, people have typically respect for you and, and at least they recognize that even if they don't have respect for you but they recognize that you either um, trying to do something or you're good at something or right or you're pursuing something so that's a huge takeaway it's a huge lesson and so there's just a few examples man and it, it's just there was so much knowledge so much wisdom that's been you know imparted on me um every single day and um, it, you know I think when I was growing up I didn't really I didn't really understand it and I didn't like I took it for granted you know because as a young kid you don't you don't necessarily like interested at the time you know interesting so um if you could kind of like kind of describe like how you got accumulated to like America and how you kind of adapted to their culture so quickly and how did how did that help me both me like how did you learn like the culture like did you read American books you like watch like tv shows like how did you kind of learn the culture and learn the language of America yeah there was a little bit of everything I definitely watched a lot of movies I'm a visual person, so my preference, when I learn something, uh, my preference is either watch something or listen to something. And so I watched a lot of movies, uh, listened to a lot of music, uh, did read some books as well. So it was just a combination of things. Then of course, I immersed myself in the culture. Like I spent a lot of time at YMCA, you know, the fitness facility here. Um, well, in Illinois, when I used to live, um, where my family is still at, 
So where I met a lot of people at YMCA, I would meet, meet people all the time and I would spend time with people. And so it would force me to be exposed to, you know, American way of life and American way of thinking. And so, you know, slowly but surely, I started developing, you know, language improved and started developing a different understanding of the culture. And um, I started understanding people a little bit more. I really started like immersing myself into music a little bit more. And so it's been, it's been an interesting journey, but it, it certainly didn't happen overnight. It happened gradually. Interesting. So um, you said, so like from Russia, where did you first move to? So you said Illinois. So you, you lived in like Chicago for a couple of years. I live two and a half hours south of Chicago in a small town. Um, are you familiar with Champaign? Yeah. So okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was 30 minutes um, east of Champaign, like almost at the um, Illinois uh, state line. Oh, interesting. And did you happen to go to UI? So that's like in, in University of Illinois. Did you go there for college? Or like, did you, did you attend college at all? I did. I did not go University of Illinois. I did. I did go to party there a couple of times, <laughs> but I um, I went to first. I went to Denville Area Community College, so to the city where my family is is Denville, and uh, I went to community college there. And then I uh, moved to Florida and went to Naval Community College there before going to a bigger university, University of Florida, which is my alma mater for my undergraduate degree, and then. Belmont University in Nashville for my graduate degree. Wow, that's a lot of education and we can get into that. So you're, you're older than I am. And <laughs> you know, you said like how you went to like a few colleges. So like, what would you say like the biggest lessons you learned from college? Cause like, you know, like I feel like we live in a society I think you know it too, where like people my age says, oh yeah, hey, what's the plan on going to college? So like kind of describe reasons why people should go to college and why they should not go to college. Oof. People should go to college because education is power, right? Learning and knowledge is power. Um, my, my mom actually would tell me that first four or five years you work for your degree and then your degree works for you for the rest of your life, you know? So I thought that that always was a powerful thing. And I personally was also influenced by my family greatly to go to college because that was one of the values of my family to be uh, educated. So I placed a lot of value on it as well, you know? And, um, and I believe that college degree is still very valuable. It's very valuable because a lot of jobs still do require you to have some sort of degree in order to obtain employment. So I think those are all of the reasons why I would say people should go to college. As far as why people should not go to college, now some big companies transitioning into a different time, to a different time, a time when they don't require um, degrees as well. So you'll see that some of the jobs out there, even for big corporations, they, they don't have that requirement anymore. And um, we are obviously, we're both consumers of Gary V content. Gary V is 
very big on the fact that you know information is a commodity now and so information can be acquired online via youtube via podcasts and other sources therefore the question becomes do you need to spend four or five hours i mean five hours four or five years of your life or even more time acquiring a degree whereas you can acquire all the necessary knowledge for your field online and it's readily available right and so these are the questions you know these are the very very interesting questions um but information is available and if you're really trying to develop a particular skill set you can do it without getting a degree and you can make an argument that in a very near future it's all going to be based on like a specialty developing a specialty and being able to have a skill set in order for you to be successful um so i think we're kind of like trending towards that interesting so like if you don't want me asking what did you study in college because like yeah like, what did you study in college and what what do you have like um a master's in yeah so my master's was in sport administration um essentially it's a business degree with just a, a concentration in sports and my undergrad was just a general business administration degree Okay, cool. So like after college you said that you before we when you were talking you said you worked for a job and then you left it 5 years ago. So kind of like let's go into that part of your life. So like kind of like how like what kind of like what is a life after college cuz like I'm still in college so I don't know what that life is like. So kind of describe that for my audience like um how did you find a job and kind of like how describe that whole process. Yeah. Yeah, so when I was in grad school, I my goal was my goal in my dream, my hope and aspiration, all of those things was to acquire a job before I graduate, you know, to secure a job before I graduate. And so about like I think like 5 or 6 months before I graduated, I started applying for different positions, you know. And um So my um my experience comes from campus recreation. So since 2007 starting as a student employee, I was a part of different campus recreation programs. And so I was applying for jobs in campus rec um for professional jobs and that's the area of my experience and my expertise, you know. and you know so it's a process everyone listening you know like just understand that it's a, such a long process because for one thing you got to identify the jobs that you really want you have to find them then secondly you have to ensure that you take time to apply for all these positions that takes time uh thirdly realize that not all of these positions will even reply uh and definitely not all of them will invite you to an interview in most cases maybe there's going to be few few you know cases where it's going to be different but for the most part i think like it's it's difficult to land a lot of interviews you know and um so with that i would say two like couple extra thoughts on that matter is just making sure that you have your 
resume and your cover letter ready to go. Make sure that it's crisp, that it's it's sharp as it can be, because ultimately you are you are a piece of paper. I know it sounds like sounds a little harsh, but you are. And so you want to make sure that that you representing yourself in the best possible way so you can stand out from the pack, you know? So like what kind of lessons would you give to my audience? Like what kind of tips should they be doing like right now as a college student to kind of land a dream job? Like cause like my my dream job is to work for Gary at at Vayner Media. So like what kind of things should like I and other people who want to land their dream job should be doing right now to make that dream a reality? Yeah. I think like becoming amazing at your craft, you know? And the reason I say amazing um, is because this is where we're going, you know? We're going in a place where it's going to be about brands and about skills that you can develop, right? So how can you showcase that you are the very, very top person in that particular field, right? Um, so using you as an example, working for Gary V, you can imagine like how many talented people are applying for these jobs, right? So like what you're doing right now is awesome, you know, creating a podcast and in really creating value for your audience, right? Um, continue on with that, but like also just how can you polish that? How can you improve that skill? How can you continue to grow as a producer, right? So what those things mean? I mean, like, in, in this example, like using staying on that example is like how to make content better, not in terms of just um, visual presentation or just a podcast presentation, but how to create the maximum value for people to where people are actually interested in what you're doing, right? Um, how to do it in a way that um, you show care and, and respect for people, right? Um, so. There's, I think there's different levels to that, but ultimately it's, it's about self-improvement and, and, and being really the best that you can be in your field. And um, I think today with all the sources that we have, uh, we literally can go in and, and if we don't, we don't have skills, we can figure out what these skills are. That's really the advantage that we have today that you know, our parents and, and our grandparents didn't have. Yeah, I definitely do. Like, I tell people on my podcast regularly that, hey, a degree is not enough because you're being compared to everyone else and they have that same degree. And what you have to do is you have to make yourself grow as an individual and you have to gain, like, experience and kind of, like, you can't just have a degree, but you need to start, like, a side passion and you need to start, like, a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever you want, like, a TikTok, an Instagram, anything, really, because that's what's going to be able to differentiate you. And, like, if you don't do that, why would an employer give you a job? Like, for me, for my story, like, the reason I started this podcast was, like, I didn't get this job, like, two jobs that I applied for. And, like, I said, well, hey, I'm just like everyone else. I'm just basically a red apple in a bunch of red apples and I need to be the green apple. 
basically right. like an outliner and that's why I started my podcast and because I wanted to be different and I wanted to be an outlier I also like creating content like podcasts and stuff and then like my goal is to create a YouTube channel soon so possibly next week and when I could start to work on that and like I think like people should really value experiences and like you I'm also involved in the campus summer school so I was like an officer in two clubs too and I was a marketing officer which is my major and in both of my clubs I was like in charge of like making marketing content and kind of marketing our club and marketing events so I would say that too like they should be kind of beginning involved so like after college like how like what like how long you said it took you like a few months like did you end up getting that job or like and what job was that and how long did you work and kind of give them some tips on like how like interview tips like how did you get that job kind of yeah yeah definitely so yeah i was lucky to land a position right out of, out of college uh, which was my dream um, and i was extremely grateful for that the way it happened you know i think it was march uh, i was graduating in the end of april but i think around like middle of march or somewhere around there i got a phone call from um, this university that was at the, the first place where I started was University of Mary Washington, which is smaller school in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So I got a phone call from assistant director there uh, inviting me to interview. And, um, and I interviewed and, you know, you ended up flying there uh, to interview in person. So the Skype interview, second interview was on-campus interview um, and then they offered me a job and I accepted the job um, few things in terms of interviewing process I would say very important thing is that I highly recommend to treat the entire not the entire every step of interviewing process as an interview so when someone is calling you and offering you a phone interview it's part of your interview when you go in to interview with someone um, in person, and let's say that someone is picking you up at the airport, it's part of your interview. When you go out to dinner with someone from the organization, it is part of your interview. You never stop interviewing, and that mode should never be off until you're done with whatever it is that you involved with, with them at that moment. And that's very important because I think it's very easy to get cut up. Oh, I'm having dinner. I'm just going to get a little personal, you know, or share something that, you know, may, maybe make me stand out a little bit. And sometimes you can get burned doing that, you know. Um, so I think these things are important. Um, obviously, you just have to do what's in your control, like create your resume and your cover letter in the best possible way. Have people look at those things. Don't think that it's not, it has nothing to do with not trusting yourself, but it's rather has to do with making it as versatile as, and as strong as you possibly can. So like if 10 people look at your resume, especially people with experience and people who are good at resume building, your resume can only benefit from it, right? So like being able to look, think holistically and uh, understand like, your materials can improve and you can actually be more marketable, you know, candidate 
if you maximize your resources. Yeah, what I've been said, two things that I'm gonna, I wanna say, and that's when I first started my podcast, I was thinking about the other day, like my interviewing skills have massively improved. And that's because like I'm doing this podcast and I'm interviewing a lot of people, I'm getting to know them and my skills are just, you know, really improving and I'm starting to learn a lot about the person and I'm starting to, yeah, I'm able to reflect and ask them questions. And I think my interviewing skills has also has improved a lot. And I'm only gonna grow as an interview and in two years hopefully I can be like an elite interviewer and a lead podcaster. And one other thing that growing, doing my podcast has also helped me grow my network. Cause like, I never would have met you if it wasn't for me doing podcasts. And like, I never would have known who a lot of people that I'm connected with without podcasting. Like I've grown my network through podcasting and I just like to do podcasts well because I like to learn about people and I like to tell stories. And I, I just like learning about people.